COVID, the taste for death. Why are you trying to infect yourself with a virus, through a vaccine, when you are not sick? Try to explain your logic to me? Because I don't understand it. I can understand a case with multiple pathologies, such as diabetes breathing problems, that he is wanting to inject a virus to protect themselves in advance. It's a living act. But to be injected with a virus, when you are not sick, is a morbid act. And considering the vaccination rates of Westerners compared to Asians, it is still clear that this Western population is totally moribund. Westerners have really started to believe that they can stop a virus, its spread. This is how far this continent has been cut off from reality since the inception of Christianism, Judeo-Christian thinking. Morbidity is really the suspension of time. For a moment, the mind stops everything, and lets itself be lulled into an illusion of reality, which it invents as it goes along. In a healthy society, this does not happen. In a moribund society like the West, it happens all the time. Westerners fantasize about a reality outside of nature which just doesn't exist, since the inception of Christianism, Judeo-Christian thinking. They collectively convince themselves that they have mastered nature, which is crazy. To face reality is to face reality, to adapt to it, you cannot live in an inner universe that does not exist. The more you run away from the reality, the more you will sink into madness. And this Judeo-Christian bullshit has been going on for almost 2,000 years now. The West has been drifting maniacally for 2,000 years in this Jewish delirium brought to the West by the Christians. You do not control nature, we are at the mercy of the elements, and that is fine, and as it should be. Throwing the Jews out or exterminating them will do nothing, what is needed is to get rid of the Jewish thought in the West. From a hideous bit of morbidity, an anthology of horror criticism from the Enlightenment to World War I by Jason Colavito. The art critic Harry Quilter seemed near to a paroxysm of rage upon reading Pan, resorting to the implication of insanity. There is but one point of view from which such writing can be tolerated, and that is the point of view of those who deny that there is any obligation, any responsibility laid upon a writer not to produce unwholesome work. Why should we tolerate in our fiction that which we could not tolerate in our conversation or our life? Why should we allow a novelist to describe abortions, moral and physical, which in reality would fill us with horror and disgust? Why should he be allowed, for the sake of a few miserable pounds, to cast into our midst these monstrous creations of his diseased brain? Something like this is, we take it, the interpretation of Mr. Mockin's uncanny parable, e, which is too morbid to be the production of a healthy mind. But yet it sold, and was praised by those who represented the more liberty and future beyond Victoria's reign. However, even the period's visual arts did not escape the critic's ire. J. Charles Cox savaged Philip Burne Jones as the vampire. 1897, a painting depicting a female vampire atop a recumbent male, a subversive inversion of traditional vampire stories, as uselessly morbid. This, one must remember, came in the context of a culture besotted by death, which preserved post-mortem photographs of the dead as treasured keepsakes, and whose exemplar, Queen Victoria, spent most of her life in mourning. Nearer the 19th century's end and into the 20th century, authors produced a volume of ghost stories unparalleled before and largely unmatched since. We have forgotten how the 20th century of horror was invented. This was mostly in response to the spiritualist movement. Harry Quilter. The Gospel of Intensity. There is one misconstruction against which in writing the following article I am desirous of guarding myself. I do not seek nor wish to put the clock backward. I have no desire to limit the provinces of art or literature, or to question the right of either to deal with life as a whole in its every manifestation. On the other hand, 
I do maintain that life can be dealt with fully and honestly only when it is considered from a healthy and manly, or womanly, point of view. I deny that the morbid extravagances of hysterically neurotic and erotic imagination are to be accepted as a sound basis or a proper sphere of analysis for either art or literature. I am assured that there are some subjects in themselves so repellent, so enervating, and so unprofitable, that they should be practically excluded from the domain of literary discussion or artistic representation. And I consider that it is the absolute duty of every public writer who is engaged in the department of criticism to discourage and condemn work of such character, and even work which leads more or less directly towards it. The use of masks is morbid, and comes from this principle of morbidity, a virus can't be stopped. To believe that it can be stopped is madness. The statistics of countries that have not practiced population restrictions prove it. The only purpose of this exercise was an act of morbidity, in which the Western population, as always, rushed in. There is nothing alive in the West for a very long time. And masks are for slaves. Well, I will explain a little more the mental process of man, otherwise I will again have the traditional knee-jerk reactions of Christians people. People who think that I am attacking them when I want only good for them, that is to say, to get out of this Judeo-Christian altruistic stupid thinking. Altruism is possible, but you must first have destroyed the ego, that is understanding your real nature behind the mind and body, this is reserved for an elite group of mystics. Most of you will never reach this state of knowledge. For someone who has awakened, altruism becomes the norm, that is why it is written in all esoteric traditions. That before awakening, you are of no use to society. Or as it is written in the Bible. Luke 22:42. Not my will, but thine, be done, which means that the mind is no longer the master, because once again, you have understood your nature, not the mind not the body. I'm not sure what happened in Christianism, because obviously Paul and Luke were obviously initiated, probably not to the point of awakening, that is seeing through the looking glass, the functioning of the mind. Which is described in the dark night of the soul. I am not sure, for lack of evidence, that those at the origin of the texts of the New Testament, are at fault. But to preach altruism as the Judeo-Christians do, is impossible, before the awakening of the person because the control of the mind is not carried out. These esoteric texts of the Bible, Old and New Testament, are obviously esoteric. Otherwise you would have no need to mention. Matthew 7 6. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. This is the number one principle of esotericism, do not reveal the mysteries. So Judeo-Christianism is a false doctrine because its number one preaching is altruism. It is quite obvious in other esoteric traditions, notably Buddhism, that before enlightenment, altruism is only egocentricity. From Zen Essence, The Science of Freedom by Thomas Cleary. Emphasis in Buddhism on individual liberation, even in schools whose express aim is collective liberation, has given rise to the misconception that it is a socially passive, even escapist, religion. While passivism and escapism are well-documented corruptions of certain practices, these attitudes are far from the spirit of Buddhism. Importance is placed on the common we leave in the schools that focus primarily on individual liberation, the liberation of individuals is seen as an integral part of the welfare of society. According to Buddhist teaching, even a simple act of generosity is not really genuine as long as it is tainted by personal feelings, even the desire to give or the satisfaction of giving is not really genuine as long as it is tainted by personal feelings. This is clear in Buddhism, but not in Judeo-Christianism, which is why I keep attacking this cult.
which puts millions and millions of people in the illusion of the possibility of altruism for the common people, when they have not been initiated. It is you, the priority on this planet, not the other. It doesn't matter what Western society says, or what religious people say. Before you awaken, you is the only priority.